Hey everybody, welcome back to the Make Trades Great Again podcast. Andy, how you doing, buddy? I am doing excellent. Awesome, awesome. We're uh, we're back at it here. We took a couple weeks off, and it felt good to get a little, a little more work done, and kind of just take a little time away from the microphone. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, I think it was well needed. We got it gets us to get our heads reset a little bit, and uh, kind of figure out where we're where we're going with the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I put out there all the time, you know, on uh, Instagram stories, things like that. I know you do too. And you share mine when I post them looking for ideas and, and we're constantly thinking of different things to talk about. And you and I just had a nice long conversation catching up. We hadn't talked much about just nothing for a few days yet. And so we're doing a little, little idea swapping and, and I think we're going to go with this one. So today I said, Hey, you know, what do you think about you know, all the extra training the certifications, things you can get. And you, you put it so perfectly when you said, you know, like, is it good enough just to have your plumbing license or, you know, are you good enough at working in HVAC, just having the experience and the ability to, you know, put in an AC ducted system and, and call it a day. Is that good enough or should you do more? Yeah. I think it's that, that age old question, you know, I mean, you've, you think about it. I mean, from the early days of school, right? What did we do? Yeah. You, know, you were in grade school. Oh, I, my goal is to get to eighth grade. Okay. Well, it wasn't super t- difficult goal. You know, some people had a harder time at it, but you know, the goal was get to eighth grade, go on to high school. Well, you got to high school and then you, what did you do? Well, you went on to graduate. Okay. Then what'd you do? Well, some of us went to college. What'd you do after college? Well, I graduated. Okay. Did you quit? Right. Like, at the end, is that was that it? No, right. You didn't. You just and and I kind of think about it the same the same line of thought of with with trades is if you go to school. Let's just pick on plumbing school because that's what we know the most. Sure. If if you go off to you know, let's say you do your your four or five year apprenticeship, right? When you get done, do you just hang up your learning hat and go? Ah. I got the license or I got the certificate and I don't need to know anything else. No, some people might. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I know that's not you or I though. (laughs) No, but I mean, there, I mean, there might be days where you don't want to do any additional work, but you know, I, yeah, I, that's kind of, that was my trying, my track, you know, thought track on this whole situation. When I was coming up with different ideas, I was thinking, you know, like, Back to school, back when I was an apprentice and I was going through my apprenticeship school and classes at night, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it was always talked about like, well, you got to, in Minnesota, we have a state plumbing license. And if you have that, if you're a journeyman plumber, you can work anywhere in the state and, you know, you're good to go. Except there are two cities that require an additional license. It's Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, you have to have one or the other journeyman or master. Uh, depending on what you're doing there, uh, to work in those cities, right? You, in order to get their city license, you have to also have had your state license, right? Does that make sense? They were following me there. Yeah, totally. When I was in school, everybody was like, well, you got to get your city license. You just have to. And I thought, okay. Cause everybody told me you had to. And I guess if I ever wanted to work in Minneapolis or St. Paul, I had to have the license, right? Right. And so that it started there for me. It was, you know, 
above and beyond what it was absolutely necessary to be a plumber in the state of Minnesota. I also, if I ever wanted to work in the city, I had to do more. And that got me thinking about employment and making yourself the most marketable person and whatever your trade is. Andy and I are always going to talk about plumbing and heating. That's what we know, but this can be applied to any trade, I think. Um, and as an employee, as a contractor trying to get win jobs out there, you have to make yourself the most marketable person. And I think that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. I, I, I remember back, um, through my apprenticeship and, and we had a business manager at the time. So I did it like, like we've talked in the past, I did a, a UA uh, union apprenticeship. So a five-year apprenticeship and the business manager that I had when I started um, was, uh, was of kind of, of the older mentality that, you know, you're going to turn out as a plumber or you're going to turn out as a fitter or you're going to turn out as a welder or whatever. So we're a combination local. Um, we're a plumbers, pipe fitters, uh, local. So there's welders, pipe fitters, steam fitters, and, uh, plumbers coming out of that local. And when I first started your first year or two, everybody that turned out was whatever designation they were, that was it. Well, we had a little bit of a slowdown. I think if I remember right, um, must've been early two thousands or something like that before I'd finished. And we had a bunch of guys that were or a handful of guys that had turned out as welders or fitters the few years prior who had came back to the local when the traveling work dried up and we're like, we want to go to work and they didn't have a plumbing license. Sure. Right. Well, there wasn't any fitting work to do and there wasn't much welding to do. So, well, it, we don't have any work for you. And so at that point, the the new business manager and in combination with the old business manager said, Hey, why, why are we turning them out as one or the other? We have ample time in the program in the five years to, to do basically both. You'll test out as one, you'll be, you know, carded through the UA as one or the other, but you can have a Montana state plumbing license. There's no reason not to. Sure. So, I turned out as a uh, building trades journeyman with a steam fitters card and had a plumbing license. And so I'd gone through and taken the fitting classes and the welding classes and the rigging and all the stuff that applied to steam fitting. And in addition to that, I took all of the plumbing classes and I took, turned out, took the, the uh, United Associations steam fitters uh, test as a turnout test and then took the Montana State plumbing test because I had enough hours in and I had had done an, an accredited apprenticeship, so I qualified for it, and therefore walked out of the out at the end after five years, well five and five and a little for good behavior, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and and it turned out with a plumbing license and my steam fitting card, and. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely something you got to look at. You know, you, I mean, we're, we're at that point right now where the economy is like probably one of the most talked about topics around the dinner table, whatever, at the job. You know, I mean, think about it. Yeah. Our economy yeah. is absolutely booming, banging right now. It's crazy, crazy. It's bit. crazy. Yep. The, the thing on everybody's mind is when does it stop? Well, 
are you prepared for when it stops? What are you going to do? Right. Well, you know, you know, you brought up, uh, you, you had, a you know, kind of a dual training going through. I was, we were just a plumbing local, so only plumbing, but I was lucky enough to work for a large, uh, commercial company that did, they had pipe fitters, they had steam fitters, they had sprinkler fitters, they did electrical, they did plumbing, they did, you name it, they did it right. They even did uh, sheet metal work. And so as an apprentice working for a company like that, I got exposed to really cool situations where I was working with a pipe fitter as his, you know, as his welder only because he didn't want to weld and I kind of could kind of, you know, enough to do what needed to be done at that particular job. And so I got different experiences, which then opened up opportunities that opened up my, my eyes to see like, Hey, you know, I'm not the world's worst welder. I'm not going to call myself a welder, um, back then or even now, but with some experience and with a little more training, I probably could go get a job welding pipe, which I did on powerhouses, ethanol plants, you know, food processing, you name it in all around the upper Midwest here later on when things actually kind of took a crash in like 2009, 10. So, but you know, that was 10 years ago, we were looking at a crash and I was happy to have had the experience and the took taken prior to that, the training I needed to do different things like welding or fitting. Uh, I have my med gas. Do you have, you have a med gas? certification, yep. correct? That's another yep. one, you know, in our, in our industry, whether you do plumbing, some HVAC outfits will do it, pipe fitters, things like, things like that, depending on where you live, where, what the requirements are, but there is a special license and certification that is required, uh, through some major training, you know, 40 hours yep. of, of some rigorous training Class. yeah. of classwork and practical test to, uh, to, in order to do that, you know, set foot on that job and do that kind of work. But what if, you know, let's say the economy isn't going to crash right now. Let's not dwell on that. We're not experts there, but what if you work in an area that does, you know, what if you are in Florida or, um, I don't know, other, another state and uh, another state, maybe that we're not totally familiar with, but we've kind of learned through our friendships on social media and stuff that doesn't require a, a plumbing license. Or doesn't require a fitter card or something like that. Whatever it is, your trade doesn't require some kind of, you know, actual license. So, you know, what what do we want to say to those guys and gals? Because, I mean, isn't it just as important to have the absolute most amount of training, whether you're required to have it or not? I, th- I think it, I mean, it's going to obviously play a little bit differently because you're going to say, okay, well, I don't have, I have to have a license to be a plumber per se or an electrician. Um, you may find, and I think in most of those states, there are applications where the customer may say, I'm looking for this, or the engineer is saying, I'm looking for this particular certification or what have you. It's not a license, but it's a certificate. Um, one of them that pops in my mind is backflow certified. Sure. So that's something that applies. And I would say that even though you may not have to have a plumbing license in order to test and certify backflow devices, you probably have to have a certification through ASSE or the USC, or, you know, there's a handful of different uh, testing agencies that, um, or I guess uh, code agencies that have a 
backflow certification. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's one that one that we look at, and all of my guys, with the exception of Rob, um, have backflow uh, testing certificates, and that's something that we retest every three years. Um, we recertify in that, and it's I, I you know, if, if from a business standpoint, it is so much easier if I have all of my crew or most of us set up to do that. I'll go buy another test kit and then each of the trucks can have a test kit. And then any time we need to have somebody to go test a backflow, I can send anybody. I don't have to have that one guy. Yeah. Well, so you may, you bring up a really good point. And so if you're, if we haven't lost you by now, if we're, this has been interesting so far, I hope it has been think about it from what, from a perspective or point of view, from what Andy just said. So if you're an employer and you're looking, if, if you're an employee, you're, you want to go out and you want to do plumbing work or you're an electrician or HVAC and you're looking for a job, maybe you're just not happy where you're at. You're looking for a different, you know, scenery. Andy, the owner, the, the person that is going to possibly hire you is not looking for somebody that has just said, good enough. I just want, you know, I just have a license to do the very basic stuff because it's just hard for you as the owner, Andy, to then schedule that person, schedule all the work. You know, you just want your, your guys, your workers to have all the certifications you, they could possibly have. So you don't have to pick and choose or try to figure out where they're going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, if you're in the trades, maybe you're an apprentice now, maybe you're young, you haven't done much more training. You've been thinking about adding something else, you know, some other card to your stack of cards. Think of it from Andy's point of view, the employer, you know, you're basically looking for Andy, somebody that has everything you need them to have that way. It's just easier for you. And that person has made themselves more marketable and to be honest, from my perspective, you know, I used to be an instructor uh, for many years in the UA. And, you know, I guess I saw a lot of different kinds of students. And I'll tell you, the ones that were going for the extra certifications, the one that took the extra training, the one that said, I want my backflow, I'm going to get that city license, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It was very easy to see just in the classroom because um, I didn't have a lot of skin in the game. I could very quickly tell you which person was the go-getter, the person that was probably more employable. I mean, just the personality, just the the way they carried themselves, the confidence that they had because of all that extra that they have done. And, you know, I think that quickly translates into a more employable, marketable person. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I, you, you hit it there um, with the, the fact that that person um, – it's easier just to go out and do things. Um, the more you know about something, I mean, and I, I don't know on the new construction side, and this isn't a, isn't a slam on the new construction guys at all on the new construction side of it. You're generally going out to do the tasks that you know how to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're there to, to, you know, plumb these heating lines. Are you going to learn something new? Uh, Very well. I, I certainly could on the service aspect of it. There's a lot of cases where you're going to go out, you're going to, in the, especially in the mechanical systems, 
you're going to go out and find that the customer says, whatever, we don't have adequate heat. Okay. So if you don't know the, the heating side of the boiler side of it, right. Or let's say, you know, just the boiler side of it, you know how to pipe the boiler room, but you don't think about the heat emitters. Well, now you're going to have trouble going out and figuring that system out, right? You have to, right. the more you know about all of the related fields around what your specialty is or what your core certification is, the easier it is for you to go out and figure out what the problem is. It's just going to be that much easier to go out and find and, and identify it. Um, this comes into, in my mind, and the, ser- the service side of it, having had several employees that have had little heating experience, you know, they've done some install work. They've done a, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Generally, those types of technicians um, are going to come in without a strong electrical background. Right. Well, guess what? 90% or so of hydronic heating or HVAC service work is electrical. Like a huge component of is electrical. I don't know if it's 90, yep. but a bunch of it. And if you yeah. just said, all I'm going to look at is all, all I'm going to talk about is the boiler. Well, you know what? No customer wants you in their house to look at their boiler. Because it could be that the heat vents shut off. Well, you don't know anything about vents. So, well, you know, right, what, right. <laughs> what do you do? Right. Well, I mean, it, it, it goes, you know, you can you can apply this kind of thought process the you know you need to be well trained and you need good at a lot of different things in order to be good at any one thing right you know that you know i'll use myself as an example when i was when i first started out i worked at a a a shop that did primarily residential new construction a little bit of service so i got to do a little bit of service but not much yeah only when it was needed as a kind of helping hand then i did you know did that for a couple years and then i decided Hey, wouldn't it be great to work commercial work? And the reason why is, and we've talked about this in past episodes, but the reason why being, you know, when I get my license, I want to be able to get a job either working for commercial, a commercial contractor or a residential contractor. I don't want to be limited to one or the other. Right. You know, so, I mean, you could, like I said, you can apply this in a lot of different, from a lot of different angles and see why it makes sense. But like you said, you know, on the heating side of things, so much of what the heating side has to do with is electrical. I talk to my buddy all the time. He does. Um, he's a older guy. Does he owns his own business? Did HVAC forever and ever. Commercial refrigeration. You know, residential AC work, and then somehow found his way working on ice machines. Right. And you know, like commercial ice machines for like restaurants and bars and stuff like that. Now he owns a business and he leases these things out yeah. to rest. I mean, he, it's like a it's a killer business, really. Right. I I've wanted to do something similar with a plumbing appliance. I think it would be great. But anyway, he he's getting up there. He's he's like he's done this for long enough. He wants to sell his business, but he has no employees because he hasn't needed employees for years and years. Right. You know. And this business keeps growing and it's just making all kinds of money. And he brought on his nephew who was an electrician. And when he told me this, that his electrician nephew was going to come work for him, I'm like, are you sure? Like, that doesn't seem like, I mean, 
to work on the ice machines, you'd need to know the refrigeration process. And he looked at me straight in the eye and says, you don't need to know Jack. You need to know electrical. Right. Because what breaks on an ice machine? Some switch, some, you know, solenoid, some yep. kind of high limit, low limit, some timer, some circuit board. Like that's what breaks on these machines. Right. And it dawned on me, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Because, you know, for years I said, well, maybe I'll hire somebody, but that somebody has to have a Minnesota state plumbing license, has to have a Minneapolis or St. Paul journeyman license. You know, I got all these, I got to check all these boxes, but at the the end of the day, the biggest hurdle is going to get somebody that knows electrical because I work right. and we would then work on boiler systems yep. and not just installing them because Technically, we're not supposed to be doing any of the wiring when it comes to insta- on the installation side, but we are definitely working on wiring and controls and stuff when we're doing service work. Right. And so, you know, this hypothetical situation, oh, am I, am I going to hire somebody is, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm worrying about something that doesn't even exist right now. But the fact is, of the matter is, is I'm not just looking for a plumber that literally has to be a plumber, licensed plumber, but then I'm looking for somebody that has also the electrical experience, things like that. And so... You know, if I'm going to hire somebody today or tomorrow and I get people that message me all the time or in my comments on Instagram, they're like, I want to come work for you. And I'm like, well, I'm fl- that's flattering. But honestly, if I were to say to any one of those people, okay, come in for an interview or let's FaceTime, I would probably ask them first and foremost, what do you know about electrical? <laughs> right. What do you know about low voltage? Yep. Like, do you know how to run a multimeter? Yep. Because trust me, I'll be honest, after all these years, I'm still learning yep. every single day on this stuff. I'm not yep. a professional electrician. Not, I don't even pretend to be right. even close. I'm not even a as good as an apprentice electrician. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I like That's what I tell myself. Totally. You know, but yeah, that would be the first conversation I would have with anybody if they said, oh, I want to come work for you. And whether they mean it or they're just, you know, they think some of the stuff I do is cool. They see a video of it on Instagram or something like that. It's true. Yep. Like you said, you know, like we brought up you as an example, your guys, like you need your guys when you're hiring them, you're talking to people that have everything you could possibly need them to have. I mean, you might, you know, like you said, Rob doesn't have his backflow. Right. I'm sure he will within the next couple of years because you don't want to have to put up with, oh, I can't send Rob to this job. I got to send Neil over there. We got to, now we're swapping vans, that kind of stuff. Yep. That's BS. Yep. It doesn't work. It's pain. Yep. So it definitely is. And, you know, that that side of it is what ended up, that same kind of concept is what ended up with me having, you know, I went and got, I didn't, I never weld certified through the UA uh, because it, it wasn't required. I did pass the, you know, the, uh, what is it, a 6G um, weld test or whatever, where it's a 45 degree angle butt weld on six inch pipe, you yeah. know, whatever. Standard, standard yeah. issue test. Wow. You know, I I did that. I passed it. My coupons held. Okay, great. That was the extent of it, of my welding experience. You know, can I weld? Uh, sure, sure. I, I I can run a pass. It ain't pretty. You know, that's that. anybody can <laughs> yeah, weld. Anybody can me. weld, right? So, um, I did did the, you know got the welding part of it. As I after I graduate or finished my apprenticeship, I ended up coming back to get my backflow certification. I came back to get, I, I guess I had my med gas when I finished. I came back to get uh, my refrigeration license. 
And I came back to do this one other. What else is in that in my wallet? Um, oh, I came back to become a proctor for uh, Backflow. And so now oh, wow. uh, myself and Chris, my other, the guy that's with me, along with a, uh, one other uh, member of the local, we're, we deliver the Backflow course. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's that, that the more, you know, the, the, the further you go type thing. And it was always just one of those that's like, you know, just like you said, how do you make yourself more marketable? And this was before I was even thinking about starting a business. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know. I always looked at it as the, if, if you've ever worked in a shop with, you know, let's say five trucks or more, the guy that's always got the cool tools, right? He's always getting that specialty tool. What's he doing? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why does yeah. he need that? You know, what's that backflow tester thing all about? You know, that looks pretty cool. That looks like pretty gravy work, and it is. Don't let me fool you. It's gravy. That's that's a good gig. And and you talk about the uh, ice machine job. There, your buddy with the ice machine business. Yeah. Backflow yeah. testing, there's a business for you. And there's a number of people out there in this country that do just backflows and they do quite well at it and they stay plenty busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'm sure in the, the Minneapolis no, I, area, I agree. there's probably oodle, there's probably 20, 20 or 30 different backflow only companies that just go around and take care yeah. of your annual annual certification. I mean, how how nice would it be if your boilers came with a, uh, the city is requiring you to annually certify this boiler. <laughs> oh man, the UK does <laughs> yeah. that. I think it's, I think it's every two years. Something I don't know. Like, that. like PB, yeah. uh, like Peter, he does, he does those gas certifications, inspections. Like you see him do that on his stories and stuff on Instagram. Yep. Uh, shout out PB Plumber. If you don't follow PB Plumber, follow him. He's a really cool guy. I've met him in person. Nice, a lot taller than you think. Yeah, <laughs> and and like. Yeah, it's got like Hulk Hogan biceps too. Nice, by the way, nice, nice. it's not noticeable. Nope. You wouldn't know that, and then you meet, and then you see him in person. You're like, "Holy crap, he's, this he's, dude could probably, yeah. you know, snatch squat like two fifty on a regular." You know, <laughs> he's got a yellow, a yellow speedo, and a set of pit vipers hanging in his van. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but um. No, I agree. I mean, I think we covered it. I, it. You know, I don't know if we can keep going, but, you know, it's not just plumbing. It's whatever it is you do. You know, like you said, look around, look at, you know, if you're working at a company and you have that one person that has always just doing the the different kind of job. Why is that? A lot of times it's personality, it's willingness sure. to try something new and, and early on in their career so that later on they do get the kind of work that they like and it's because that they've tried a lot of different things. Yeah. But isn't that also kind of what we're talking about? Yeah. I mean, if you if you only turn out to do what the one thing that you were ever trained to do and it's very, let's say it's the basic, the least amount of work, you know, the, I don't know how to put it, like, you know, like, this is all you're ever going to do for from here until the end of time. I have the mindset where that's going to bore the hell out of me. Right. And I'm going to say F this, like I got to do a little bit more than that. So sometimes I guess not sometimes always like good enough. Isn't good enough for me. You're like, I need more, but I also will acknowledge not everybody's into that, 
but if you're young and you're and you're you know new in your trade or you've been doing it for a little while and you're just kind of looking about to ch- kind of change the scenery and stuff think about that think about what could you do to improve or just add more skill set to yourself and it you know end of the day it should make you more marketable but it's probably just going to be a little more you know make things more interesting yeah like i don't know well and the, and the thing that i've i looked at you know so i <clears throat> finished my apprenticeship like i said went back took a couple of classes um it, we've we've never made this podcast a uh, a union non-union thing it's one of the benefits of union or or of your local union is there is always some sort of tra- training going on you may have already had it you may not have it may be something new whatever so i'll just throw that out there um Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I, you know, so like I said, I went back, took those courses. After that, I I was like struggling because I was like, oh my gosh, there's nothing to do. The halls, I mean, we don't, we have like go back and take a welding class again. You know, there was just nothing new on the horizon. And I ended up finding that um, Techmar was putting on a controls class. And they had uh, for like five years in a row, I went to this two day long seminar, um, maybe not five years, three or, three or four years. Anyway, I went, I went a number of times to this two, two day seminar where it was basically two classroom days at a hotel where they had a conference center or whatever. Uh, and basically on controls, on learned Techmar's controls from the first day. The first seminar was like, you know, ground level. Yeah. Right. So, but at the time, I'm I'm falling asleep right? just right now. Like the thought of that is killing so, me. I would die in that class. Put yourself back in that position. You don't know much about yeah, electrical, right? This is new. I know. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I had a couple of instructors that were great. They kept it entered. They kept it lively. You know, we had some hands-on stuff. Uh, went through basic control operations. How, how electricity functions, how, how it plays out. And then it turned into why is Tecmar the way that it is? And why is it that everybody looks at Tecmar and is like, oh my God, it's this scary, right? Well, it does a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else does the things that Tecmar does on a residential basis. You know, you sure you get into sure. DDC or, you know, Stafa or Delta controls or Johnson controls. I mean, those things do crazy things. In a pre-programmed, it's a box. You plug it in, hook the wires up, and you just make some changes. Techmar does some amazing things. Now, I can say this. From those four years of training that people would normally say, oh, my God, Techmar, what a pain in the ass, because you just did it, right? I had the opportunity to go in and learn how this stuff worked and the functionality behind it. And now I'm kind of the Techmar guy, right? Now is is that does that market uh, me to my uh, boss? No, because I am the boss. But it markets me to my customer because well, my customer calls around, calls Techmar and says, "Hey, I got this Techmar system and I can't even figure out how to make the thermostat go blank." Right? So, you yeah, got the, yeah. you know, the whoever Techmar says, "Oh, you need to call down to this manufacturer's rep and they'll get you in touch with the contractor." Well, a lot of in a lot of cases, it's me. So, now I win on that again. You know, and that's, that was training that was 20 years ago. 
Well, I saw you. Nobody could see this because it's in video, but I'm over here like choking myself, like, <laughs> oh my god, tech, you know, talking about taking these like two day class in some hotel conference room and stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, controls. That's where I, I, I can handle what I can handle. Yep. Um, that course sounds like I. I mean, I'll acknowledge that I should take it, uh, probably more than once. But I, I can also tell you right now, I would hate it. I would hate <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, the point, the point is, is you're right. You have to be, you have to look past, like, do I want to do this versus will it benefit me? And in your case, it did. Yep. Um, and it doesn't matter what, again, I'll go, I'll, I'll reiterate again. It doesn't matter what trade you are. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, these guys are just talking about plumbing licenses, things like that. Uh, if this isn't your first episode, you, you kind of get it by now. Andy and I are going to relate kind of everything back to what we do. Um, because I think it'd be doing a disservice if we didn't, you know, try to talk about somebody else's trade any more than we know, um, already, but you know, think about what it is you do. Think about how maybe you can improve yourself that, you know, for that point in time where you might be looking for a job or when the jobs get thin and, uh, union, non-union doesn't matter. Uh, if you're looking for work and you don't have the same, you know, pocket full of certifications as somebody else, I can tell you what, it's not, you're not always going to win on personality. Um, because I've seen a lot of dinks working for a lot of good companies and they do so because they're good at what they do and they know a lot. Um, people will just put up with that, unfortunately, you know, so I think we covered it, man. I think this is going to be a nice short episode for once. Right. My gosh, under an hour. Wow. The last couple were, were long. Well, we could break out the weather question, you know. I don't <laughs> Do you have any questions that are related to this topic before we go? I mean, we can maybe touch on I don't want to go too deep here, but I didn't I didn't have anything that was related to this, you know, in the messages and stuff that we get. No, I I didn't. Um Okay. So No, I think we're good. No, that's good. That's good. Well, if anybody does have uh, topic ideas or you have questions about this episode or anything else you want to hear us talk about, please send Andy and I uh, email make trades great again at gmail.com. You can also send us a uh, direct message on Instagram. I'm at mechanical hub and Andy is at Mick underscore plum right away in your message. If you DM us on Instagram, put MTGA make trades great again, MTGA. That will make it stick out like a sore thumb to us because we get a lot of messages and we want to make sure we do not miss yours. So, everybody, thanks for listening this long. Um, I've been having a lot of fun doing this podcast. Andy, I know you have, and I thank you, brother. No problem. It's been fun. We'll be back again. Yeah, we'll be back again in another week with something else that we can randomly talk about for like less than an hour. That's our goal, right? (laughs) There you go. Webstone, a brand of Dibco, wants to help you work smarter. Whether it's behind the wall or in the mechanical room, Webstone can save you time and money on your next job with products designed specifically for the trade professional. Check out their newly released T and elbow fittings with integrated union connections, including the ProPal T Union Ball Drain. Follow them on Instagram at Nibco Inc. or visit WebstoneValves.com to learn more.